You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Unveiled, Part 7. Enjoy. We're going to get back into the series we're in, Unveiled. Now, I, I, I just love how the Holy Spirit does these things, but uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. It's up to you if you want to play or not, but we're just going to keep on rolling. So just do whatever you feel like doing. Listen, at Highway Church, we're not about religion. You got to know that about us, okay? We don't have any religious artifacts or paraphernalia to give you. We're about the living Jesus, the Savior of the world. We're about you experiencing him now. He's alive. He's more real than your nose. He, and he loves you. He's, he's crazy about you. He's actually always thinking about you. And every single thought he has about you is amazing. Because you're amazing. And he made you. And he's so glad he made you. And he loves you with a perfect love. And all of the thoughts he's having for you are, a thought, are loving thoughts. Are thoughts of affirmation. Of, of destiny, of purpose, of victory, of joy, and of success. You may not know this, but God knows that you're not a failure. He knows that you are an answer to this world we're living in. He knows that you have, you have, you have the light of the kingdom of God within you. So our purpose here is simple. It's to lead people into a relationship to help people experience a real relationship with the real Jesus. So we're not trying to be offensive, but we're, a little, we're, we're rather unorthodox, but that's intentional because we want you to relax. We want you to be yourself, to come as you are, and just put your attention on him. Okay? Can you do that today? So I, I love how the Holy Spirit does this. You know, and I, 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 I just... Uh, looked at him and said, Lord, what do you want to do this upcoming week? This is a big deal, our time together. And I don't just want to create a message or try and put together a, a service. I want the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do while we're together. And, and he pressed upon my heart that there are people who are struggling, going through life in their own strength because they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. They don't understand what that is. They're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to pray in the Spirit. Now, I didn't know that, but guess what Sunday today is? Pentecost. Yeah, it's Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday. Ha! You know what Pentecost means? 50. 50 days. It's 50 days after Easter. Right? Or after, on our calendar, we say 50 days after Easter. But it was the day of Pentecost in the by Scripture, the Bible. What was Pentecost. You guys remember what Pentecost was? In Acts chapter 2, what happened on the day of Pentecost? Holy Spirit came. Yeah, right? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get into this. We want you to leave today full of the Holy Spirit, on fire, burning. Yeah, lit, right? Is that all right? Everyone's like, oh, no, I better. Where's the door? Where's the door? Don't leave. Get this. Jesus said you'll be clothed with power from on high when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Man, that's where it's at. 
Unveiled. That's our series. We started off by saying the goodness, the heart of God has been unveiled to us through Jesus. There's no more mystery about God's will for our life. It's life and life abundantly. Jesus demonstrated that. Jesus confirmed that. He showed us the goodness of God and his will for our lives. It's life and life abundantly. Woo, I think my mouth can keep up. There's so much going on inside. All right, here it is. Are you ready? Is the real you here today? Now, what do you mean, the real you? I'll just tell you what happened in my life. I grew up in in an atmosphere in my home that was explosive. Not in a good way. Destructive. And as a kid, I never knew when the next explosion was going to come. And when I might get thrown across the room or someone might break out into some kind of fight. So I grew up kind of afraid as a kid. And I carried that with me into my adult life. What it turned out to be was a fear of man, right? And, and trying to be different things to different people so that they would like me. I wasn't being real. I was being what I thought people wanted me to be. Is the real you here today? It's a good question. Or is the you here that's trying to be what others say you should be? Or, or is the person here that's afraid of what others think of you, so you, you talk differently, you dress differently, you act differently when certain people are around or if you know you're going to be with someone? I want to talk to the real you. You'll never be satisfied until the real you comes to the surface. And fear will prevent that from happening. But God's perfect love will remove every fear from your life. Now, the real you is really special. The real you is absolutely, perfectly unique. I, in the full definition, you're the only you that God ever made. The real you. The fake you, there's a, there's a, a bunch of those. We can all be fake, right? But the real you is authentic. The real you is is crafted by heaven's master. The real you is the craftsmanship of God. I believe the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to share this with you because he wants the real you to live now. He wants the fake you to get thrown in the trash and the real you to come alive. But the real you, I'm talking about the full, complete you. The full complement of every gift you have. Every talent. And this is a graduation time, and I I, I usually, graduation speeches can be cringy. Did I do it right? I learned a new word, cringy. Cringy. To me, come on, that was good. That was that good? Yeah. They can be kind of cringy to me. 
because you get people oftentimes talking to these graduates and giving them preconceived ideas of what they should be. That graduation speaker didn't make you. They didn't create you. They don't know who you are and what you should be. And man starts creating boxes and tries to stuff you in them. And it's a box that they're comfortable with, that, that their intellect can handle, but it's not what you were made for. You're made for more than man's boxes. You're made for divine destiny. The God of heaven designed you. Don't let any graduation speaker or any teacher or professor put you in a box. You don't need man's approval or man's certificate or degree to become the person you were made to be. All you need is a relationship with the one who made you. You see, the full complement of you, the complete you, every facet of your personality will be set free and flourish through relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we started off in our Unveiled series unveiling the goodness of God and what he's done and, and the reality of his goodness and the will of God and Jesus Christ. And now we're unveiling the real you. That's what happens when you come into relationship, not religion. Religion can't, can't understand what I'm saying. It has nothing for you. I'm talking about Holy Spirit relationship, where you know the voice of God like you know your name. Put Acts chapter 17, verse 28 up there. The real you, every facet of your personality, the full complement of your giftings can only burgeon and blossom through a full, F-U-L-L, and real relationship with the Holy Spirit. The King James says Holy Ghost. We're talking about the Holy Ghost today. He's the person He's the, the Spirit of God. He shouldn't be foreign to us. He should be known as our best friend. Man has turned him in, not really, but man has presented a concept of him that is weird and spooky and mysterious. He's not that way. That's what religious superstition does. Turns the Holy Spirit into some kind of I don't know what. Doesn't really turn him into that, but I mean creates this image of him that's not true. Look at this. For in him we live and move and have our being. I about did a backflip, Mike, when you prayed this morning, and that was the first scripture out of your mouth. Put the Weymouth translation up there. You ready for this? For it is in closest union with him. closest union with him that we live and move and have our being. So you can have varying levels of closeness to the Holy Spirit. 
but only the closest union with him is going to produce this in your life. You can, uh, I love that, you know what fool means, right? F-U-L-L. means there's no empty spaces. Only a full relationship with the Holy Spirit. In other words, there are no places in my life where he doesn't uh, 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 reside. I've given to him every space in my life. There's no empty places where the Holy, the Holy Spirit has filled every area of my life. That's what I'm talking about. Full relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is what he wants. It's not weird. It's glorious. It's so transforming. It's so satisfying. It's what you are made for. When you come into a full relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's like life begins. And you realize this is what I've wanted my whole life. I didn't even know it. He's the missing person in our lives. He's the missing person in religion, the Holy Spirit. You don't hear much about him in so many churches. They'll put a little picture of a dove up on the, or some little symbol do you know, and that's, that's a misnomer. Do you know the scripture said the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like a dove? It's talking about the way he descended. It was gracefully. It doesn't mean he looks like a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a dove, never has been, never will be. He has arms and legs and eyes and ears. He's a person of God. Now, I don't mind the symbol of a dove. That means some nice things, but he's not a dove. He's resurrection power. No dove's going to pull you out of the grave. Holy Spirit's going to do it. We're doing okay. We're still awake. Listen, you can be a quote-unquote Christian. You can be a minister, a pastor, a bishop, whatever you want to call it, and not have a full relationship with the Holy Spirit. Happening all the time. Your, your dad could have been a pastor. Your granddad, his great-granddad, you, you know, dug the foundation of the church or whatever and not have a full relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants you to let him into the empty places of your life. He doesn't want any more empty spaces inside of you. He wants to fill every one of them. Every empty space in you, he wants to fill with the joy and purpose of heaven. You can't get this kind of relationship by going to school. You can't. You can go to every seminary in the world. You can't get it there. You can get your doctorate in theology. Can't get it there. This comes from trusting in Christ and talking to him and interacting with him throughout your day. This comes by what you choose to know and believe.
All of us are making choices every day. We're going to choose what we decide to know and what we decide to believe. The only way this intimate relation, this full relationship with the Holy Spirit can come is when you choose to know Christ and believe everything he said and did. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I'm going to try and get through all of this. We'll see how we do. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, two, two Sundays ago. We're not, you don't have to put that up. But we, we, we mentioned that in our last message in this series. It shines light on how we're made. It talks about our spirit, our soul, and our body. Our spirit, our soul, and a body, okay? And that we learned that there are three parts to us. We know this at Highway Church, right? The world doesn't understand this. Many Christians don't understand this. They don't understand what, what's the difference between a soul and a spirit. Same thing? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the, one of the simplest ways I know to say this, I heard Kenneth E. Hagin say it many years ago. He said, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you're living in a body. Can we all say that together? You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you're living in a body. Let's say I. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I'm living in a body. One more time. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I'm living in a body. Let's break that down. The real you. You're a spirit being. You're a spirit. You're a ghost. If you want to use King James, you are. You're a ghost. In the truest sense of the word, a spirit. You are. That might sound weird, but it's true. You're a ghost. God is a ghost, a spirit. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 4? John 4, 24? He said, God is spirit. Those who worship must worship it in spirit and truth, right? You were made in the image of God. So before your spirit was wrapped in human flesh, it was already in heaven. Your spirit existed before your physical body did. Do you know every human being is a spirit? And every human being will exist forever. You can't, you can't kill a spirit. In other words, cause a spirit to cease to exist. Because we're made in God's image. The question is, what is the quality of your existence? And where are you going to spend eternity? But your spirit can't be stopped in the sense where it just cease to exist. Death Spiritual death in the Bible is when someone's spirit is separated from God's spirit. doesn't mean their spirit has stopped existing. It means it's a dead spirit. It's separated from life. Okay? When your spirit's dead, you have no power over sin. When your spirit's alive, you have power over sin. You're set free from it. When you put your faith in Christ, your spirit is made alive and sin loses its hold on you. you. But you've got to know that. You've got to know you're a new creation. 
You've got to choose to know the things that, that, that Christ says about you as a new creation, or you won't experience it. So you're a spirit. Now, what's your soul all about? Well, your soul consists of your emotions, your intellect, and your will, basically. I like to think of it this way. It's kind of like apparatus or equipment that's attached to your spirit, but it's not who you are. Your spirit has equipment attached to it. It has an intellect. It has emotions. It has a will. You can choose to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. It's a free will because we're made in the image of God. But that's not who you are. So this is good news. So I, I can feel a certain way emotionally, but that doesn't mean I am that way. This is why man has no answers. They live in the realm of the soul. So if someone's feeling depressed, they want to medicate them. They'll do tests and they'll give medication, and then that medication produces negative side effects, so they'll prescribe more medication to counter the negative side effects of the first medication. They're still taking that one. And, and before you know it, someone's on 5, 7, 10, 12, 13 different medications just to try and get through the week because the answer's not in your soul. It's in your spirit. You can feel like a failure. You can feel depressed. You can feel all kinds of things, but that's not who you are. It's not who you are. If you live by your soul, forget it. You'll never experience the real you. The real you is not depressed. It's not. The real you was made by God. The real you has heaven's trademark on it. It can't be depressed. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, his joy is now yours. So what I do when depression, listen, depression tries to attach itself to all of us. All of us. What do you do? Same thing you do with sickness. To get out of my life. You have no, I refuse to allow thoughts like that or feelings like that in my soul. That's not who I am. Listen, when you put your faith in Christ, all of us at one point were sinners, right? We all fell short. Of the, we've all messed up. We've all blown up. But what many don't know is when you put your faith in Christ, you're not a sinner anymore. Before Christ, I was a sinner. My spirit was dead. It was separated from God. My soul controlled me. My body controlled me. But when you put your faith in Christ, your spirit is reunited, is united with God and comes alive to God if you're born from above, Jesus said in John 3, or, or born again by the Spirit of God, your spirit is now united with God and you now have authority and power over your soul and your body. But you have to exercise it. Don't let your feelings tell you who you are. Listen, this is why, I mean, just depression's gone through the roof in our society. Because people are living, letting their soul control them. They don't know what, what you're learning. They don't know how, how they're made. They're looking to man for answers, and man has none. I mean, I'm thankful for any professional who's really trying to help people, and I'm not trying to put any, any uh, specific practice down in, in that sense. Intentions are good, but in good intentions won't do it. 
We need the truth of who Christ is and what he's done for us if we want to live the abundant life. Hallelujah. So if you've put your faith in Christ, you need not know this, that you have authority over your feelings. You have authority over your feelings and power over your soul. Man, that set me free. When I realized that fear was just a, a, a feeling, it could be triggered by a spirit, a spirit of fear, but I had authority over it. What does 2 Timothy 1.7 say? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's why the, the scriptures were encouraged to walk in the spirit. In fact, in Romans 8 says, you're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. What does that mean? Your spirit has control now. You're put, the real you is back in the driver's seat. Let your spirit control your emotions, your soul, and your body, and let the real you come out. So the soul is really important, isn't it? It's not who we are, but what goes on with that apparatus or that equipment can affect our whole lives. And I saw, I saw Sue sent me a great video from Andrew Womack Ministries. It's on YouTube if you go to Andrew Womack's page, W O. M-M-A-C-K, uh, on YouTube. It's about spirit, soul, and body. And oftentimes the soul is referred to as a gateway or a valve between your spirit and your body. Your body is just the physical suit you're wearing. Right? If your spirit leaves your body, your body won't work. That's what people call natural death. Right? When your spirit leaves your body, the body's done. Can't, can't function. Okay? So the body is, is the weakest part of you, okay? Then the soul, then the spirit. The spirit trumps them all. The power you need for living strong is in your spirit. Jesus said it this way. Put John 6.63 up there. He said it's the spirit, John 6.63. It's the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It's the spirit. The spirit is where the power is. Oh, boy. Just listening on the inside. There's a party going on in here, boy. We'll go back there. What you allow to go on in your soul will determine how much God you experience. I want to say that again. What you determine, not the people around you. No one can make this decision but you. What you decide to allow to go on in your soul will determine how full your relationship is with God. Put John 14, 27 up there. I love when the Holy Spirit does this. Isn't this good? Just feel his presence. He's like, come on, let me in. 
Let me in. Every empty space. Just open your heart. Let me in. Every empty space. Look what Jesus said. This, this helps us understand our soul, this verse. This is in the Amplified. You ready? Peace. We know at Highway Church, the Greek word is irene. What does peace mean? Wholeness, right? Well-being. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. The Amplified sometimes defines it. He says, untroubled, undisturbed well-being, I leave with you. My own well-being. This is Jesus talking. Jesus' personal well-being has been given to you. I give it to you, not as the world gives. How's the world give with strings attached? The world will give you things, but there's always strings that are going to be pulled on later, right? Manipulation. Jesus won't do, he'll never do that to you. When he gives, it's yours. No strings attached. He'll never take it back. It's yours forever. That's how he gives. Now look what he says. He says, do not let... Your hearts be troubled. That's our English word. We're really talking about the soul here. Do not let your soul be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Look at this amplified. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Wow, huh? That's the soul realm. Right? That's where, the, that's where the enemy wants to agitate you in your soul. But you have power to stop it. Just say no. When I was growing up in the 80s, that was a slogan a president from, the, from the president at the time. An anti-drug campaign. Just say no. I still remember. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's good. Just say no to agitation and depression, and failure, and, and woe is me, and nobody likes me, and, and they don't understand me. Just say no to that lie. Say no to lies and yes to the truth, and your whole life will change. It's just that simple. But you've got to do this in your soul, because it's happening as you go throughout the day. You're being told things. There are spirits, ghosts, whispering things to you, trying to get you to, to agitate, trying to agitate your soul. Because when, when we're agitated and disturbed, the real, the real you is kind of stuck. And the world sees this agitated, disturbed person, and they miss out on the glorious you that they're supposed to see. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves. Come on, let's do it right now. Let's make up our minds. We will not permit ourselves to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. If people would get a hold of this simple truth, man, the amount of people needing counseling would just... Drop drastically. Drastically. If they would just take authority over their soul, it's time. We will not allow ourselves to be agitated and disturbed anymore. Let's say it. I will not allow myself 
to be agitated or disturbed anymore. Say it again. I will not allow myself to be agitated and disturbed anymore. I will trust the Lord. I will praise his name. I will celebrate what he's done for me. I will exalt him with my mouth. I will praise him with my hands and my feet. I'll live for his glory. Turn it right back on that junk and start praising Christ. Let's say this. I do not permit myself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. Say it again. I do not permit myself to be fearful, or intimidated, cowardly, or unsettled. Boy, you're getting strong. You have to be tough with your soul. It's really a little whiny baby when you really start doing this. At first, it seems like this daunting strength that you can't overcome. And then you stand up to it. It's like, oh, okay, whatever you say. It's, It's just tools that you've been given. You're in charge of it. Take control. Spring cleaning, we do that in our house, hopefully, sometimes. That's kind of the the idea, right? (laughs) Spring, we clean our houses. Let's do some spring cleaning in our soul. Come on. Fear out. Agitation, disturbance. Gone. Oh, I found some there in the pantry. Nope, out you go. Some up in the attic. Nope. No fear anymore. Nope, out you go. How do you recognize fear? You're going through your day, a thought will pop into your mind about something happening or not happening. Right? And then all of a sudden, there's your, there's your chance. What are you going to do? Are you going to, oh, no. What if this doesn't happen? What if that happens? Well, that happened before, and it happened to so-and-so. It's going to happen to me. You could do that. And what are you doing? You're accepting this fear. And if you keep that going, the enemy's going to use that to bring it about in your life. This happens so often in people's lives. What should we do? The moment this, this scenario is introduced to us in our mind about what's going to happen or what has happened or how this is going to work out, what do we do? We declare what God says about it. That the Lord is accomplishing what concerns me. He's gone before me to make the crooked places straight. To level the mountains and and raise up the valleys. He's causing me to triumph in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. He's richly supplying every need in my life according to his provision in Christ. You've got to talk this way to your soul. Because there are spirits talking to your soul. Do you know there are ghosts talking to you every day? Now they're really ready to lock me up, right? It's true. There are ghosts in the atmosphere, fallen, fallen spirits, demons. And they're telling you stories about yourself every day. And they're hoping you'll listen. 
You can shut them down for good by opening your mouth and saying what God says about you. Hallelujah. That's what we're doing, aren't we? We're shutting them down from this day forward. We're no longer going to listen to the whispers of darkness. We're going to let light come out of our mouths and transform our soul. Our spirit is going to teach our soul how to shine. Man, I love this. This is Holy Ghost encouragement right now. This is the Holy Ghost trying to build you up and set you free. This is what's supposed to happen at church. You're supposed to hear from heaven. And when you hear it, you receive it, and it lifts you up and breaks things off of you and makes you strong. I'm telling you, God is doing new things in me. I'm, not, I'm just not sure how this is all going to pan out, but this is fun. What a great place to be. Well, you don't really care what happens anymore in a good way, in a positive way, where it doesn't matter what anyone thinks anymore. Me and the Holy Ghost are having a party. And you're invited if you want to come. But we're just going to be over here having a great time. Doors open. <laughs> well, how far can I get here? A full relationship, oh boy. Man, can you be here next week? I really am determined to, to just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. A full relationship with the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Can only be realized through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't, don't feel out of place here. How many people are familiar, have read in the scriptures that term, baptism of the Holy Spirit? You see, if you've, if you've read it in the Bible before. And if you haven't, that's okay. And for those of you who haven't, let me just tell you what that is. That's something that the New Testament, uh, we see in the New Testament. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's really, really important, okay? But I want you to know a full relationship with the Holy Spirit can only be realized through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Look at Matthew 18, verse 2, 3, and 4. And I'll put that up there in the Passion Translation. Passion Translation. I love this. So there are people all around Jesus trying to figure him out, right? The religious leaders are upset because people are being set free and healed and delivered. They want to stuff Jesus into a box, but he's not going there. They want him to do things the way they've done them, but they haven't gotten any results. 
They're putting people in bondage. He's setting them free. And so I love what he does. He takes this little child, a little one, to his side, and he teaches them how the kingdom of God works. Verse 3, he says, learn this well. And the reason I'm bringing this up, all of us come from different experiences. This might be your first time in church, or you may have been to 10 different churches in the last 10 years. But I want you to let all that go. Because we carry, if we're not careful, we can carry baggage with us our whole lives from our past experiences. And that baggage will hinder the full experience of God in your life. So I'm saying this, I want you to come at this with an open mind, not from religious tradition, not from the things your parents may have told you. I, we're going to look at Jesus and the scriptures, and we're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? If you want. So he, he says, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking. Wow, that's a newsflash right there, isn't it? If I want to experience God, I've got to dramatically change the way I think. You do. There, that, there's no other way. Why? Because we've been thinking wrong. We've filled our minds with uh, human ideas, human wisdom. But it gums up the works. You got to get that out of there and fill it with God's wisdom and God's ideas. You understand if you do this, your friends may reject you. Because the people that you're currently considering friends, you start removing human ideas from your thinking and, and human beliefs and practices, and you start thinking what God thinks and saying what God says, they may make fun of you, they may reject you, they may persecute you, but that's okay. It's worth it. You can get some new friends. Can't you? I mean, don't you want friends who are going to encourage you in your divine purpose? Don't you want friends who want you to be the real you instead of what they want you to be? You need friends like that. Friends that are going to tell you how much God loves you, that you were created with a purpose, that you're born of him, and that in him is your destiny. Man, I wish I'd hear some graduation speeches like that. I, I encourage every one of you graduates, graduates to spend time with the Holy Spirit. Worship him. Talk to him. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you for your future. Do whatever he tells you. Just do it. Follow him. Run, run with him. Walk, hold his hand. Let him guide you and lead you. Let him reveal his plan for your life. Be everything God made you to be. I'd love to hear that at a graduation. Dramatically, dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable. God can't teach you if you hold on to human ideas. He can't. If I hold on to my religious tradition or my human wisdom, I can't experience God. This is where we live, guys. And I'm speaking, whether you're a pastor, minister, whatever, this is where we live. What are you holding on to in your mind? What ideas about yourself and about your life and about God and about others are you holding on to? You have to let them go and let God build new ideas in you. 
There are God ideas waiting to, to burst forth inside of you. You just got to let go of the human ones. Man, oh, man, I'm telling you, this is Holy Spirit. He's just like, let, please let me free in your life. Let me be God. Let me lead and guide you. Let me fill every space of your life. Dramatically change your way of, see, it's kind of funny how we do. You know, if you've been, you're familiar with religious tradition, we come and, okay, we're going to learn some good moral principles. We'll do our little prayers and we'll get our little stamp and we're Christians. But we'll go back into the world and we'll just quietly Hope no one notices. Won't say too much. But when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, you become like a time bomb, man. Darkness runs when you walk in the room. There are people who are bound. I've seen this happen in my life, and they'll just, when you're around, they don't know what to do because there's spirits operating in their life, and they sense light has just come into the room. There's nothing la-di-da about knowing Christ. We've been dramatically changed. We're never going to fit in with the world. Stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to be approved by man. You're never going to do it. As soon as you reach and do what they say you're going to do, it's going to change. And now they're going to have a new thing that's in that you're going to have to relearn. I was having, we had a great time yesterday. Uh, Eden graduated, and, and we had so much fun. We went out and just sitting around talking at dinner. And I realized how this kind of had a, I don't know, an epiphany moment, a dad moment. I thought, really, what? I, I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I just, I lost it. I don't know what happened. But I don't know what these phrases are they're using. You know, they're all talking, uses these phrases, and I'm like, I don't understand what they're saying. I mean, probably the last time I had a current phrase in me was like 1983. What happens to us as parents? We don't, I don't know. We just, we're, we're just not cool anymore or something. I don't know. We just go around and, and, and like, you know, close windows and make sure the refrigerator's shut and the door, garage door's closed and pay bills and lock the door. I said, did you lock the door? Yeet. How was that? That was good? Okay. That's another one I learned. You guys know yeet. <laughs> so uh, they're using these phrases. I think the cringy is one of them. I was like, hey, teach me that. I want to use that. What's cringy? I like that. That's descriptive. Cringy. Yeet. Uh, they're not too, I guess that's an old one. That's like a year or two. I said, how old? It's like a year or two old. Oh, that's, that's old. <laughs> But listen, the real cool is Holy Ghost cool. I mean, when I was growing up, there was a show called Happy Days, and this guy Fonzie was on it. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're reruns. When did that come out? The 70s? I don't know. But it was supposed to take place back in the 50s, I think. Anyway, but we'd watch it. And uh, this guy Fonzie was cool. If you're under 25 and you really know who Fonzie is, raise your hand. Under 25. Under 25. One hand, wow. I mean, li listen, I had a shirt, a t-shirt when I was a kid that had Fonzie on it going, eh. No one, 
even knows who that is anymore. Right? Why? Listen, what am I saying? The world has a temporary version of what's in and what's cool. But it's going to change. You want to be full of the Holy Spirit and never try and be something because man wants you to be it. You want to be the real you. The real you is so cool. Fresh, alive, original, authentic. That's really what cool is, isn't it? Something that's authentic. Isn't that really what it is? Authentic, original, real. What's not cool? Fake stuff. Right? Yeah. Darkness, lies. So we're going to be cool from now on. Authentic, real. Holy Ghost, there's just no way I'm going to finish this today. You got to come back next week, all right? There's just no way. We got, we got some stuff to do. There's <laughs> just no way. Man, I, would, I just wish I could. It's just so good. Well, let's finish this verse. Dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm. Yeah. Everything's authentic there. God has no fake stuff for you. With the wide-eyed wonder of a vagabond. No, that's Lion King. No, wide-eyed vagabond. Isn't that what he says? No. And uh, what's that song? Da, 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 da. What's it called? Can you feel the love tonight, my man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Heaven's kingdom, with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles themselves to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom. Hallelujah. This is how we humble ourselves. We remove human ideas and replace them with God's ideas. I, I would love to keep going. I'm telling you, there's so much more. We're, we're going to continue. Next week is Father's Day, and, and we're, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit bless the fathers and uh, come back for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've got to get this out. Father, thank you for this time together. You're so amazing. You're so good. Woo-wee. Holy Spirit, we just give you full right away to every space in us. Every empty space. Every, every area, every, every corner, every staircase, every door every window of our lives, come on in. We want you, Holy Spirit. We want a full relationship with you. And we give you full right away in our lives. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.